above every name that at the name of Jesus Christ every knee must bow every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father amen Oh, that's the good news of the gospel that we can be saved today, that we can go to heaven when we die, that we can not only be saved to go to heaven, but we're saved from our sins and the bondage and the power of sin right now because of the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this ride into Jerusalem this, this, this Palm Sunday morning didn't last very long. This cheers and this praise and this adoration of Jesus was just a fleeting moment of glory on his way to the cross because the cheers would soon change to jeers. He would soon instead of, 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 instead of, instead of hearing the, the cries of Hosanna to the son of David, there would be cries of if you are the son of God, save yourself. Come down from the cross and then we'll believe who you are. He would hear the jeers as they walked by the cross and would wag their head and shake their head at him and say, he saved others, but himself he cannot save. And I want to just stop right here to say this. He could have called 12 legions of angels. He could have destroyed the Roman armies. He could have done that and come down off the cross. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm so glad that he didn't come off the cross but he stayed on the cross and he bled there and he died so that you and I could have life more abundantly hallelujah he had already prayed it through in Gethsemane he had already submitted to the will of the father in Gethsemane when he said if there's any other way Lord let this cup pass but there was no other way there had to be the death of the spotless lamb of God on Calvary's cross and the shedding of his blood and ladies and gentlemen that's why we are here today and worshiping him that's why we have life more abundantly that's why we can praise him today because Jesus came into Jerusalem went to an old rugged cross and gave his life for the sins of the world somebody ought to shout amen hallelujah to the lamb of God oh that's the good news of the gospel he rode in that day on a donkey, but he went out carrying a cross. He rode in that day with a hero's welcome, but he died a criminal's death. And you know, all through the Bible, the four Gospels, I love reading those four Gospels and reading the miracles that Jesus performed because all of the miracles, they were literal miracles. He still does those literal miracles today. Can you say amen? But all of those miracles that Jesus performed from the very first one of turning the water into wine to the last person that was healed, they all came with lessons for life. There are lessons that we can learn from His miracles. And this is also true when it comes to the triumphant entry on that Palm Sunday into Jerusalem. Because His entry, when you read this, this narrative here in Matthew 21, 
and the other Gospels, uh, his entry on the donkey, the praise of the people, the later on there in that chapter, the cleansing of the temple, are all powerful messages that the Word of God gives us for today. When you think about the very beginning of this narrative, of this passage, how that Jesus sent two of his disciples into that village that was that was that was there close to them of Bethphage. How that he sent his disciples there to that village and he told them, when you get there, you will find a donkey tied and you will find the colt there with the donkey. And he said, what I want you to do is loose them and bring them to me. And he said, if anybody asks you what you're doing, all you have to do is just say, the Lord has need of them. And that's exactly what they did. They were obedient to the Lord, and they went, and they brought that donkey, uh, the donkey and the foal. And all this was done, the Scripture said in verse 4 of our text, it said that all this was done when they put their clothes, their coats upon the back of the, of the donkey and set Jesus upon it. And He rode in that day on the back of that donkey. The Scripture said that all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of the donkey. What this was was a, a direct, exact fulfillment of a prophecy that had been given by Zechariah some five, six hundred years before. Oh, listen to me, saints. In Zechariah 9 and 9, in the Old Testament, Zechariah said this, Rejoice under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. That day, that scripture, that prophecy that had been given several hundred years before on that Palm Sunday, that, that prophecy was fulfilled to the letter. I'm about to get happy here. Amen. That is illustrates what does that say to us what does that say to you and I today it illustrates that all of the prophecies and all of the promises and all of the types and all of the shadows of that old testament were fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ come on somebody see Jesus came riding in on a new unridden colt and you know what that represented here he is riding in on a new unridden colt a colt a, a, a colt that had never been ridden before with this colt's mother following along behind here was a message here was a here was a message that was being portrayed it represented that Jesus had come to usher in a brand new day that he would usher in a brand new relationship with God he rides into Jerusalem on a new unridden colt with the mother following. What was this saying? What was this? It was a fulfillment of prophecy, but what was it saying? It was saying that Jesus came and he rode out the old covenant and he's bringing in a new covenant. Somebody ought to shout amen. He rode out the old and he's bringing in the new. You know, the Bible says he didn't come to destroy the old. He didn't come to, uh, to, to destroy 
the law of the prophets, but the Bible says that Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Everything, everything, ladies and gentlemen, in that Old Testament pointed to Jesus. All the types, all the shadows. I know, I know that there's one particular uh, preacher that a lot of the young preachers are following, Andy Stanley from down in, in Georgia, that has made the statement that we don't need the Old Covenant. We don't need the Old Testament. You don't need to read the Old Testament. But I'm here to just kind of knock that in the head. Come on, somebody. Because you can't have a true revelation of the New Testament unless you understand the Old Testament. Because Jesus is on every page. I said Jesus is on every page of that Old Covenant and of that Old Testament. Amen? Everything in that Old Testament pointed to Jesus. All the types, all the shadows, all the sacrifices, the tabernacle, the priesthood, everything represented Jesus. Oh, I just got done reading through uh, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, and I'm now in Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. And I know a lot of people say, well, that's all boring stuff. But my Lord, when you're reading Leviticus, every one of those sacrifices, it was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. It points to Jesus, the tabernacle and the furnishings of the tabernacle and everything about the tabernacle from the curtains, from the embroidery work, from the colors, from the furnishings. Everything in that tabernacle was a picture of Jesus. And I want to tell you something else. If you look at a drawing a drawing of that tabernacle from above, you'll find out that everything was lined up in that tabernacle to make a perfect cross. Everything in that Old Testament points to the day which Jesus would come and die on Calvary so you and I can be saved and make heaven our home. Somebody ought to give the Lord a praise today. Every prophecy was fulfilled. Every scripture about him from that Old Testament was fulfilled. 300, someone said 300 Old Testament prophecies that spoke of the Lord Jesus and his first coming were all fulfilled. Isaiah prophesied of his virgin birth in Isaiah 7, 14, and that prophecy was fulfilled in Matthew 1. Micah 5 and 2, Micah prophesied of the very place of his birth, that it would be in Bethlehem, Ephrata would be the place where Messiah would be born. And that was the very place where Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Psalm 22, David prophesied the crucifixion of Jesus and how they would pierce his hands and feet and it was fulfilled to the letter. He also prophesied in Psalm 16 and 10 the resurrection of Jesus when he said, Thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will you suffer your holy one to see corruption. And that, that prophecy was fully, completely fulfilled at the resurrection of Jesus. Let me tell you something. We could go on and on and on. 300 prophecies of the Old Testament fulfilled. Can you imagine what are the odds of even one being fulfilled. Amen. To the letter. But over 300 of them fulfilled to the letter, they've come too late to tell me that God isn't real.
Daniel. They've come too late to tell me. These atheists need to back on up. Come on, somebody. Because I'm serving a God that knows the end from the beginning. And if he said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. If it's been prophesied, you can put it in the bank. It will happen just like the Lord said that it will happen. Oh, hallelujah. It tells me, it teaches me that every promise that God makes, God keeps. Listen to me, saints. Don't ever stop believing God. Don't ever stop believing His promises. I know, you know, a lot of, uh, listen, we're living in that day. I don't want to get off on that. but, But if every prophecy and promise to the first coming of Jesus was fulfilled I want you to I want you to rest assured that every prophecy and every promise of the second coming of Jesus of the rapture of the church of his second advent will also be fulfilled just as those old testament prophecies were can I get an amen He keeps his promise. He keeps his word. He always makes good on what he promises. Don't ever stop believing the Lord. Don't ever let anybody tell you that God didn't mean what he say and say what he meant because when he speaks, it will come to pass. Amen? A lot of us need to get back into Genesis 1 and understand, you know, that when God said, it happened. Amen? And when God speaks, it still happens. And when God makes a promise, he will fulfill that promise. So 500 or so years before this event on Palm Sunday took place, God had moved upon a prophet by the name of Zechariah and prophesied and predicted what would happen to the letter. How could they miss it? But they did. But they did. Just like a lot of people are going to miss the second coming, even though it's been prophesied. Over and over and over. The donkey was tied. And its mother was tied. And it was loosed. It was untied. Jesus said, you'll find a donkey tied. Go in there and untie and loose that donkey. And the place that the donkeys were tied was, as I said, in Bethphage. The little village of Bethphage. Which means, the, the very name of that village means the house of unripe figs. It was the very area there where Jesus cursed the, the unfruitful, fruitless fig tree that had leaves but no fruit. That's a message within itself right there. But, but here's the point. He sent them to Bethphage to loose the donkeys and bring them to him because he said, the Lord has need of them. This donkey was loosed and taken. Notice this. Catch this. Get this. The donkeys were loosed because this is a lesson, ladies and gentlemen, for us. The donkeys were loosed and taken from the place of unfruitfulness and barrenness and brought to the master and made useful for him. 
See, you know what? I think we're better than a donkey. Come on, somebody. <laughs> if, he can, if he can loose, and here's the typology, and here's the picture that he's painting here. If he can untie a, 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 a donkey and her colt from a place that they were tied up and linked to unfruitfulness and bring them to the master because he had need of them and be made useful on this palm Sunday and all over the world today there are pastors getting up and preaching about these two these donkeys that carried the master into Jerusalem they, they were made useful and fruitful to carry the master oh listen that's what God wants to do for you that's what God wants to do for me that's what God wants to do for his church hallelujah is to liberate us and loose us from a place that we've been tied up in where there's no fruitfulness in our life and bring us to a place of usefulness and fruitfulness in the kingdom of God that we can carry Jesus to a lost and a dying world. Come on somebody. Oh Jesus, loose us and let us go and bring us to the master. Make our lives fruitful as they should be. Woo! We need to be loose from our immaturity and our stagnation and brought to that place of fruitfulness. And if I had a, a word here this morning for you and you and you, every one of you that are here today, it would be the words that Jesus gave to the disciples when he sent them to loose the donkey and said, if anyone asks you why you're doing this, say, the Lord has need. Oh, the Lord has need of them. And I want to tell you today, every one of you here at Abundant Life Family Church, God has need of you. He wants to use you. He's got a, a place for you in the kingdom of God and a job for you to do to come and bear fruit and be over abundant in fruit and be used by the master Woo! hallelujah don't stay tied up at Bethphage don't stay bound up in the place of unfruitfulness but praise God be loosed and come to Jesus hallelujah and be used of the Lord in these last days come on amen Oh, hallelujah. I got, I got to move on. I'm, man. When he rode into the city, they set Jesus upon the colt. He's riding into the city of Jerusalem. Comes down by the way of the Mount of Olives. And he enters into the city, and the Bible said that there was a multitude of people that lined the streets that were shouting praises to the Lord. It was the time of the Passover. Jerusalem was full of people from everywhere. They had come from all over to Jerusalem to observe the Passover. So there was a great crowd, and the Scripture bears it out, that there was multitudes that were there. And they lined the streets shouting praises to the Lord. 
they removed their coats and they laid them down for the donkey to walk in, to walk over, and um, which symbolized that they were giving their all. They were giving their all. They were giving everything to their king. And that's what Jesus is looking for from you and I today, for us to sacrifice all that we are to a total and absolute surrender to him as our king. How many can say today, Jesus is my king? Amen. How many can say, Jesus rules and reigns in my heart and life? He's brought me into the kingdom of God and he is my king. I give him my all. I give him my everything. It's my prayer on a daily basis. Lord, you are the Lord of my life. Rule in my life today. Reign in me today. He's looking to reign and rule in your heart and in your life. Come on, amen. And they took the palm branches. They laid down their coats, but then they cut palm branches to spread in the way also for the donkey to walk on, but also... Uh, John says that they were using the palm branches to wave as they shouted praises to Jesus. They shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. We, we sang that song this morning. What an awesome, awesome song. They sang, they shouted, Hosanna. To the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And this multitude, the Bible says, were crying out and shouting, Hosanna. They were making some noise. Oh, come on, somebody. Unlike many of you today are doing. (laughs) They were making some noise. There wasn't anything quiet or reserved about their praise that day when Jesus rode in. They were lifting their voices in praise to God. I've had people, you know, in the past, I remember down at the old building when we were down there, someone was invited to come to church and, and they left saying that there wasn't any, they weren't coming back because they said there's no, there's absolutely no excuse for a preacher acting like that one does. Amen. They wanted somebody that would stand and, and, and be real quiet and conversational and all that. And you know what? If that's what people like, that's fine. But I, you all that's been here for any length of time know that ain't me. Come on, amen. I said that ain't me. And you don't, you, don't, you don't have to be like me to worship the Lord. You don't have to be as loud and as boisterous as I am when I worship and praise the Lord. But the point that I'm making is this, that that day when the king arrived in Jerusalem, people got loud. People made some noise. People were shouting. They were praising the, the king. Amen. Listen to me, saints. This was not the, for the sophisticated saint. This was not for the faint of heart. It was a time for praise. And when you are in the presence of the king, you have to praise. 
praise the king. Come on, somebody. So, uh, some people say, well, I just praise him in my heart. But I love what David said when he said this. In Psalm 34, he said, I will bless the Lord. Hallelujah. At all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I think it's time to open our mouth and praise our king and wave our palm branches, which is a sign of victory. I say this is a sign of victory. And we're praising our king today. Come on, amen. When you're in the presence of the king, you have to make his praise known. And listen, there were so many. There were so many I, I know of these people that, that were praising Jesus that day on that Palm Sunday. There were many of them that uh, had been in the depths of despair and in the depths of sin when Jesus found them and touched them and healed them. Everyone had come from all over to for the Passover. I just happen to believe, I don't have a scripture for it, but just uh, think with me. Imagine with me if you will. I just imagine that probably old Bartimaeus came to Jerusalem for the Passover and I believe he was probably in that crowd. He's the one that opened my blinded eyes. No doubt the woman that had been healed with the issue of blood had showed up for Passover and was probably in the crowd saying I suffered for 12 years but that's the man that healed me. Hosanna to the King of Kings. I believe Mary Magdalene was there that day and she was praising the Lord because she said nobody knows where I was possessed with seven demons had control of my life but Jesus broke the bonds and set me free. There were lepers that had been cleansed. There were cripples that had been made to walk that were all there on that Palm Sunday praising the Lord because of what he had done in their life. Their praise was not superficial but it ran deep because Jesus had done something for them. Don't let anybody criticize your praise because they don't know like you know where you've been and what God's done in your life. If you wasn't there when he picked me up, if you wasn't there when he brought me out of my mess, if you wasn't there when he pulled me out of that miry clay of sin and set my feet on that solid rock, if you wasn't there when he delivered me from the power of alcohol, if you wasn't there when he broke the power of drug addiction, hallelujah, you got no right to criticize my praise because I'm going to praise him for all he's done in my life. Come on, give him a praise. Praise your king today. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Those Pharisees, it was on that little video they showed this morning. The Pharisees told Jesus, don't you hear all this noise? Tell your disciples to quieten down. Tell them to shut up. Oh, see, religion likes it all quiet. All ceremonial. Man, there's some churches you'd go in today. If you waved a palm branch and started praising God, they would show you the door. Amen? 
You've heard me tell that little lady that time in a church, and they'd get to singing the, the songs of Zion. She'd jump up and start praising the Lord. The pastor point to the deacon, get back there and quiet her down. He got back there and said, ma'am, you need to calm down. You need to be quiet. That happened about three times. She couldn't contain herself. Every time she'd get to singing, praising the Lord, she'd get up. Everybody else was just quiet as a church mouse. She'd get up and start, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. About the third time, that, that usher went back there to set her down. And he said, lady, you're going to have to sit down and be quiet. She said, I can't help it. I've got the joy of the Lord. And that usher said, boy, you didn't get it here. So sit down and be quiet. There's a lot of churches you go to. You ain't going to get it there. But oh, let Abundant Life Family Church always be the place where we come together and worship our King and shout the praises of God to our Lord and get the joy of the Lord in my heart. Hosanna to the King of glory. Those Pharisees said, make them shut up. And Jesus said, let me tell you something. If these hold their peace, the very rocks will cry out. In other words, that day... Jesus was going to be praised one way or another. And if the people didn't praise him, the rocks would. And I don't want no rock taking my place. I don't want no rock praising in my place. I want to give him praise because he has done so much for me. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, listen. I'm, I'm trying to hurry. I'm trying. I really am. I'm sincerely trying. Listen. They were singing, praising, shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. We sang that this morning. And I don't know how many of y'all know what that word Hosanna means. The word Hosanna means save now. And that's what they were saying and praising. Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna to our King. And they were saying save now. What was taking place there was again a fulfillment of a prophecy that was given in Psalm 118. And in Psalm 118 in verse 24, it says, This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed 
is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. That is the psalm that they were praising Jesus with that day. This was the day. This is the day they were saying that the Lord has made. Their king had come. Hallelujah. And they were saying this. They were praying, Hosanna, save now I pray, O Lord, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What they were saying was, Hosanna, son of David, we need you to save us now. They were saying to Jesus, Hosanna to the son of David, relieve us from the burden of our oppressors. Liberate us from the oppression and the bondage that we have been dealing with. Save us from our sins. Do what you came to do for us. Save us now, Savior. They were calling upon him to be their savior but you know what they were wanting was, was, was more salvation from the political arena and perspective than from the spiritual arena let me tell you something today I feel like a lot of the church gets in that same situation we need Jesus to save now but not just a political rescue what we need today ladies and gentlemen is a spiritual rescue do we need a political rescue in America? Absolutely we do. But that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is that we have a spiritual wake, awakening, a spiritual rescue. Oh, come and save us now, Lord. Save us from our sins. Save us from our spiritual bondages. Save us from the mess that's going on in this woke culture today. And the only, the only answer for that is Jesus Christ to come and save and deliver and walk and cleanse from the powers of darkness. Are you listening to me? This world, this country, our leaders, this nation has, I believe, stepped over into the area of being reprobate. And I don't have to, you've been watching the news. You know all this stuff that's going on with our kids. And the gender stuff and the transgender stuff and all that that is against the Word of God. You ever watch that name, that tune? I can name that tune in one note, two note, whatever. Let me tell you, I've got an, I, the Bible answers the question of gender. Jesus, somebody said Jesus didn't say anything about it. I beg to differ. Jesus said in the beginning, God made them male and female. That's the only two is the ones God made. And Jesus went on to say, you know, somebody said, well, he didn't, Jesus never address the issue of same-sex marriage. Oh, I beg to differ because when he said God created them male and female, he went on to say, and so shall a man leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. Come on somebody. Not his significant other. God created them male and female and true marriage is between a 
man and a woman. Hallelujah. God recognizes no other genders. The Bible recognizes no other genders. So all this stuff that's being perpetrated today is coming from demon spirits into the minds of those who did not want to retain God in their knowledge and have been given up to a reprobate mind. That's what we're up against as a church. But we will continue to preach it. That wasn't in my notes. That was, yeah, that was free and no charge. Save now, Savior. We need Him to save us. We need a spiritual rescue. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil to unloose to undo the works of the devil in our life. Everything that the devil has done in your life or is trying to do, attempting to do in your life, Jesus came to undo the works of the devil in your life. You don't have to be bound. Hosanna, save now. Savior. Hallelujah. I'm going to close. I know some of you are hoping and wishing I'd stay to one, but I'm going to close. can tell. Paul preached all night one time. Huh? He preached for several hours, and one young man fell asleep, fell out of the window, broke his neck. I always did say for him to fall out of the wind, he had to be more out of the church than he was in the church. Amen? Paul, if he'd have been like most preachers, would have said, well, good enough for you. That would teach him not to fall asleep when I'm preaching. (laughs) But Paul went down, laid hands on him, prayed for him, raised him up, took him back up, set him back in his seat, and Paul got his Bible out and his scroll out and went ahead and just preached all night long. Hallelujah. I don't think the old boy went back to sleep again. All right. There's another one that was free. Let me close. The first ride of Jesus into Jerusalem on a donkey on Palm Sunday was triumphant. It was glorious. It was great. But you know what? Jesus is going to make one more ride. Hallelujah. That ride of Jesus on the donkey that day in Jerusalem some 2,000 years ago was not the last ride of Jesus. He's going to ride again. And John records the next ride of Jesus in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11 when he says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse... And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. 
He had a name written that no one knew except himself. And he was clothed with a, clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies of heaven clothed with fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. And now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Can I tell you something today, Abundant Life Family Church? Jesus is going to make another ride. But the next ride that Jesus makes will be quite different. Because on the next ride, he will not come as a reluctant king riding a donkey. But he's coming on a white horse in the clouds of glory with all the heavenly angels. He's coming with crowns upon his head and with fire in his eyes and a sharp sword in his mouth. And he's coming on this next ride to rule and to reign on this earth. The next time Jesus rides, he will not be in the clothes of a peasant or a carpenter but he'll have on the priestly robes dipped in blood he'll not be wearing on the next ride a crown of thorns but a royal diadem and he will be crowned with many crowns he'll not come on a little colt a little donkey but on this next ride he's coming with a magnificent sitting on a magnificent white horse he won't come back on this second ride as a leader of a little ragtag group of followers but he will come back accompanied with all the glorified saints of God from from righteous Abel to the last saint of God that dies all seated on white horses hallelujah and will accompany him on that ride he's not coming back on the next ride as simply the king of the Jews but he's coming back crowned king of kings and lord of lords the alpha the omega the beginning and the end can I tell you there's going to be another ride can I tell you Jesus is getting ready to mount up on his white horse can I tell you he's coming back and this second ride will be nothing like the first ride this second ride will be a splendid awesome glorious ride come on and give him praise There'll be new rules and new results. It'll be different. Everything will be different. The first ride was with humility. Worship team, make your way back. The first ride came in humility. The second's coming in power and authority. The first ride came, he came to redeem. But the second ride, he's coming to reign. On the first ride, he came to a cross. But on this second ride, he's coming to a kingdom. On this first ride, he came to die. But on this second ride, he's arisen and he's coming alive forevermore the first ride he rode alone but on the second ride we're all gonna be with him why don't you wave a palm branch and give praise unto your king Woo! man you've you've pulled it out of me today he's coming back ladies and gentlemen Every prophecy will be fulfilled. But he's coming back the second time. 
not to be whipped, not to be ostracized or condemned and crucified. But he's coming back on this next ride to smite the nations, defeat the Antichrist and his armies, to take the beast and the false prophet, cast them alive into the lake of fire. He's coming back to establish the true one world government. The globalism that is trying to take over today will be put down. And the true, I said the true one world government will be set up. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will reign with a rod of iron. Hallelujah. And you know what? The rule of law will be this old black back book that we that we live by. He will rule and reign in righteousness and true holiness. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! He will rule and reign in perfect righteousness for 1,000 years. And when he comes back, he will have one angel to take a big chain and bind Satan up and open up the bottomless pit. And he's going to put that old serpent, the devil, in a bottomless pit and shut him up for 1,000 years. There will be no tempter. There will be no sickness. There will be no poverty. There will be no trouble. There will be peace. There will be no war. There will be no Russia. There will be no Putin. There will be no liberal, woke agenda. It will all be led by Jesus, the Son of God. He's going to ride one more time. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. I think we need to sing something and worship the Lord this morning. Amen. He's coming back, saints. He's going to ride again. And as Brother Andy already said, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, if you want to be on one of them white horses coming back with him, I'm going to tell you, you need to get born again. You need to make Jesus the Lord of your life today, and he'll save you. Write your name down in heaven and make you one of his very own. Let's sing something and worship him today on this Palm Sunday. Come on, let's all stand. Wave that palm branch and give him some praise. He has fire in his eyes. Oh, yeah, and that's a sword what I was thinking. Head. He's riding a white horse across this land. And he's calling out to you and me.
Stop. 